I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Currently day to day with mid body injuries. Uh, I don't know why I checked my Facebook real quick. I think it's because when I signed on to my computer, it said, you have 99 notifications. And I'm like, what? What? Why? I don't know. On Facebook? I think it's just, yeah, it's just giving me, like, I, Facebook's, like, so desperate to put anything in my, like, notifications to get me to oh, be involved yeah. anymore that they're just saying, like, this person made a post. This person <laughs> made a post. I didn't know Doc Emmerich worked for uh, Facebook. <laughs> a post! <laughs> In this thing called life, there is a device called social media (laughs) in which the Facebook.com connects people and things to each other. Mark Zuckerberg thought of a website called the Facebook, and then Justin Timberlake told him to drop the the. Now, we have Facebook. The rest is history. Down to Pierre. (laughs) Rivalry night. Well, you know, Doc, I, I got to tell you that Facebook is the best way for me to keep up with all those weird guys and juniors that you've never heard of, but I have. Doc and Eddie, formerly MySpace, remember uh, Facebook. Uh, what, what became? What was on before MySpace? Friendster. Friendster's the. I was going to say. I, I didn't know uh, that one, but people always go back to the old I, Friendster. He, MySpace is my first, you know, terrible social media experience. Yeah, for, MySpace was my first uh, experience with dealing with people. You know, Tom shows up and he, he's got his like nerdy smile, like it's me, Tom. Like, I don't want to be friends with this jerk. Got a uh, him and his white tea. Him and his white tea, his plain white tea, just hanging out. You know, he's real cash. Great. I wonder. I wonder if he ever asked uh, or ever uh, talked to Delilah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anybody? No. Do you remember that song? I, I, I vaguely know what you're talking about. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Very bad song from like 10 years ago. So, but hmm. yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not familiar with music past 1995. So, uh, well, you're going to do terrible on tonight's game then. <laughs> oh, no. That's an exaggeration. I, that is a total exaggeration on my end. I, I, I play the old man role here and there. I, I can't help it. I work with a bunch of people in their mid 20s. It's, that's yeah. what I have I, to do. I'm. I feel like I'm getting there too, kinda, which is sad. Like I feel like I'm irritated by all the people around me at work now. For the most part, it's fine. But every now and then, I'll make a reference that someone doesn't get, and I'll look around and I'm like, "Am I alone here? What is this? <laughs> this is like the series finale of Mash." And then you look around and everybody's reacting and all. I mean, I've, I've had times where I'll be talking about sports even, and I'll say, I saw that game in the vet or the spectrum. Like, 
did you did did you ever go to the Vetter Spectrum? <laughs> I'm actually not sure if you did. <laughs> I went to. Oh. I never went. Well, I went to the Vet, but I didn't go to. The, I've never been to an Eagles game. Have we talked about that? You've never been to an Eagles game, period, or just never been to an Eagles game at the Vet? Eagles game, period. I mean, football is a sport that's pretty impressively put on TV. I feel like you're not missing a ton. It's it's a cool experience, but I wouldn't say it's as vital as seeing, say, hockey or baseball in person. Yeah, I was going to say, I went to a ton of Philly games at the Vet. I think my... My dad was always paranoid about Eagles fans at the vet, I think is what it was. For good then, reason. Yeah. And then now, I mean, it's always easier to get, like, a cheap pair of tickets to a hockey game rather than a cheap pair of tickets to, like, a football game. I feel like prices are always up there for football games. Oh, yeah. And with hockey games anymore, especially with StubHub, I, you're seeing tickets at rock bottom prices this is a plug for StubHub right here no it's annoying <laughs> if you're a season ticket holder because you're trying to sell those puppies off when you can't make it and you can't make jack on them oh no not at all yeah yeah not anymore a guy i work with has the i think it's the orange plan and the flyers have only won two games on the entirety of his plan this season and both of those games he didn't go to Oh, really? Oh, man. So would you consider that cursed, or would you consider that just shit luck? Just shit luck, yeah. <laughs> but he, bu- he bought playoff tickets and knock on wood about that one, because, yeah. you know, it's not looking <laughs> great right now. By the way, I-, I know you probably haven't seen this yet in the game we're watching here, but um, Gorgiev just got the... They finally called somebody on the uh, knocking the net off the post. Off like the um I just saw the knock. Yeah. Which clearly Gorgiev is that the pronunciation? Uh, I believe just so. knocked the net off the post. Yeah, he's getting two minutes for it. Just as he's getting two the, minutes for it. <laughs> oh good. That's thanks, Rangers. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> they it, they're they're yeah, their whole season's become like fucking clown shoes. Like they they're just they have a bunch of people up that are I remember seeing the names. Like, I remember they signed Neil Pionk last year. I, I was not expecting him to be in the league this year, I guess. And Gorgiev, I don't even think I've ever, like, really even heard of that guy. And then John Gilmore? I who? I don't know. There, there are people here that I don't know anything about. Oh, my God, it's a penalty shot. What? Come on. Oh, stop them. <laughs> Good job, Malkin piece of shit i knew i should have put this on my laptop instead of on my ipad because <laughs> my ipad's feed is so much slower than the, <laughs> what, i don't know what you're doing to me nbc sports but i did the I ipad feed that, is yeah. like i don't know i feel like it's a minute behind the computer the straight computer feed yeah it is there's something to it it's definitely behind a little bit that was a nice stop by Gorgiev, uh, a nice little poke check on Malkin. That's got to be, that's shit your pants territory right there. Oh, ab- absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but they stopped him. The, they stopped the Penguins, him. Penguins are still winning overtime on a power play or something. Oh, this is a, was that ever in doubt? If this is sports. The Rangers, the Rangers are going to stop the Penguins from from winning? Come on. Yeah, 
I don't even know who would like. I don't know. Also, I don't think I've noticed uh, Vladislav uh, Nemesnikov in this game. Although I've only been half watching like most of the game, so I don't even know if he's in. Mike I Richter's can't... in. May as well put him in. It's it's know. just the Rangers alumni. They've quietly replaced him. <laughs> I see Messier. I see Leach. Adam Graves. Jeff Bukaboom. Zuboff. Zubal. I don't know why that name has just always made me chuckle. It's very funny. You know why? Because it reminds me of Zubaz. Oh, yeah, I could do it. The funniest pants. No. Never. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, just wanted to welcome everybody back to another episode of Fly Purpley. I'm Steve. This is Craig. And Craig, I have a question for you. Do you feel at this juncture, given the Flyers' struggles since our last episode, and really the Flyers' struggles over the last couple of weeks, that they are going to make the playoffs? I think, yeah, I think they're. I think they still make the playoffs. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a little uncomfortable down the stretch here. Uh, I think they still make it though. Okay, good. I felt pretty confident about it, and then I looked at the standings the other day and it was not quite where I wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, it's... Well, here's the thing. Uh, the game today when you're listening is very important because they are only up over the blue jackets by three. Uh, so they kind of need to win that game. Uh, and if they win it, then I'm really confident they make it. If they lose it. It's still going to be close, but I, I think they make it. It's just a matter of, whether or not they're the three seed or the the final wild card, I don't right. think. I think the Pens and Caps are going to pull away. I think they're going to be the two top teams in the division, and I, I think the Blue Jackets are like catching fire right now a little bit. But the Devils also have a pretty hard schedule down the stretch, so I'm not. And the um, Flyers just had an absolutely brutal stretch. Yeah, and those we, four games were difficult, real, real, real hard. So and it, it went about as poorly as expected. Yeah, and the annoying part is, is they they could have had a point against the Bruins. They should have had uh. a point against the Bruins. Um, and the Vegas game, they actually played fine. Like they played really well against a a very good Vegas team, and then they they just gave up a goal late, and that's pretty much the game. Like there, it was they gave up goals late in both those games, but it was two different approaches. Like the Bruins. The Bruins game, they sat back in a tie game just waiting to get a point in the standings, and then it came back and bit them in the ass. 25 like the, seconds. Yeah, I feel like the um, I feel like the Golden Knights was, they, they were actually pushing play in the third and had chances, and Knights just capitalized first, so. Currently not helping us, by the way, the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, are nothing to New Jersey. Are they really already? Yeah, yes. so. And Vegas has 12 shots. New Jersey has six. So, you know, very, 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 that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, they, the devils do have a hard, hard schedule too, though. Much like the flyers do. I, I think, let's see the flyers play. who They the, play the, so Blue the Jack. Yeah, before you look at the schedule, the, the worrisome thing for me here is looking at the, the wild card. The Panthers have really crept up. They're sitting there at 75 points. The Flyers have 81. But the Flyers have played 70 games. The Panthers have only played 67. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, I, 
you can say that about the Panthers though, but I'm more I, I think if they just the Flyers just finish ahead of the Devils, I think they're they're fine, right? Sure. If they finish ahead of any combination of the Panthers, Blue Jackets, and Devils, they're great. Yeah. So I think they I don't know. I, I know the Panthers are creeping up and they've been on fire a lot recently, but it just it would have been so helpful to get that point in the Bruins game. The Flyers, if they've done one thing, they've been very good at getting to overtime, not necessarily yeah. winning in overtime, but getting to overtime and to lose that game with 25 seconds left, especially to Marchand. Oh, Marchand. Talk oh. about a guy who boils your blood. Yeah, just yeah, it was I mean, one of the most aggravating losses of the season easily. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they I, I'm trying to think of, you know. I keep thinking about that loss of the Predators too earlier this year, where they gave up a goal with like what, thirty like six seconds left, something like that. Something like that. The challenge game. Yeah, the challenge game. It will forever go down as a challenge game. Yeah. So, I mean, they they've had a couple of really frustrating games this year, but the Bruins one definitely didn't help. I mean, I I felt like that one was coming too, just because of. The feeling of the game, and then also you know in Boston, stupid shit happens, like the uh, infamous Brandon Manning redirection last year, which <laughs> that is one of the best Flyers moments ever. Just Brandon Manning redirecting a puck past Steve Mason with like a second and a half left. <laughs> like, and I, I mean, it was a lost season. That was pretty much. I think at the time the Flyers still had a long shot of making the postseason. But right, but sure. that's a nice snapshot of the season. Yeah, that, that was 2016-17 uh, in a nutshell. So That's a great snapshot of Steve Mason's Flyers career, his own defenseman deflecting a puck into the net. Yeah, no, it is, yeah. Uh, and then he, uh, oh man, the Rangers just won, by the way. Um, Yay, one, only one point for the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> God, and they keep showing, yeah, they did the Susan Sorana thing with uh they did Michael Kendricks last week. They made that poor guy talk to Pierre for a full period. And then they brought Susan Sarandon on tonight. And it was just, just terrible. It was really painful to watch. They're making some of the most awkward television possible. Yeah. I don't know what the game is next Wednesday, but I'm very excited to see who they drag off. And I hope it's, I hope they're in Nashville and they pull like they bring in like Tim McGraw or somebody. And just, he doesn't have, he has no idea what's going on. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood, yeah. Yeah, but like Carrie Underwood, I feel like would actually know some people. It's going to be Bruins Blues. So maybe it'll be John Hamm? Yeah. Noted yeah. Blues fan John Hamm? Could be. Possibly. Oh, yeah, it's in St. Louis. And there, there's Susan Sarandon again. I, I'm catching up to you now. That's okay. <laughs> uh, that's awkward. It was What was the, the bit that you said that uh, Pierre asked her about? Yeah, so Pierre asked, I, I believe Pierre asked her what she would do if the Rangers traded Henrik Lundqvist. And she said, I don't know. But one time I gave my Oscar to Mark Messier and then went off on like a, a story about that. So it's uh, it, it was good TV. I mean, <laughs> it's good decisions by the higher ups at NBC to get this going. So, and like I was saying before, the they had like one of the some race car driver on, like Keselowski or Logano, and he kept making uh, like NASCAR punts when he was watching like a capped game, and that happened like a month ago, 
And I'm pretty sure everybody then was like, oh, this is terrible. This is annoying to watch. And then NBCSN was like, everybody loved that, right? All right, let's do it again. Back-to-back weeks. <laughs> let's, let's make it happen. And, and what's their plan? Do they think a casual person is just going to be like, oh, there's Susan Sarandon. Let me stop and see what she has to say about ice hockey. Yeah, I... Well, that's the thing too. Is like I turned it on. I turned on the game three minutes in, and all that was happening was, uh, I it was a regular play by play, and I just heard she would just like randomly say things that were, she wasn't like saying sentences. She was just making reactions to the play. So she'd be like, "Oh, oh no," and I just I was like, "Who's who's this woman that's just like talking on the broadcast?" So I was like, "Is somebody like right next to the mic and they're just picking her up, or what's going on here?" And then they finally, like, started asking her questions, and I was like, I still have no idea who this is. And then they finally showed her. I I just don't... Like, the Michael Kendricks thing last week... I I can kind of get it because... I get it. won the Super Bowl, and... Yeah. Sure, sure. That was nice. I I wish it was Kelsey, because Kelsey was at the game, Jason Kelsey, and he did get on the mic and was like, Hey! Can I get a hell yeah? (laughs) Also, Michael Kendricks did dunk on Mike Milbury, too. I don't know if you saw that. I missed that, but that's amazing. Uh, So they had Kendricks, like, answer questions after the first period, too. And Mike Milbury said something like, well, I don't like you because you're, you know, part of the Eagles team. And then he said, well, I don't like you either because you're a Boston guy. And then they, like, had a back and forth. It was a whole... There's a whole thing, but um, the Ken- it's a shame it wasn't. I don't like you because you're a blithering idiot. But. <laughs> well, my, I don't think Michael uh, Michael Kendrick doesn't know who these people are. I I don't think I mean I don't think football players really care about hockey, right? I feel like I don't know. Hockey is not really popular outside of hockey, right? Right. right. Like we see, like they had they had a I mean they had Flyers players going the Eagles games, but like when was the last time? I don't know. When was the last time you just saw like random football player show up to a Flyers game? I feel like it's been a little bit of time. I guess maybe the the Flyers actually like made a postseason run. It might be a little bit different, but <laughs> <laughs> not the. But the Michael Kendricks thing was just painful because like Pierre was explaining play to him, but he just left the mic on and explained it to him. Like you don't need the why? Why are you doing that? Like just turn off the mic and say, "Hey, this is what offside is," or "Hey, this is what icing is." Right, right. Not just like, not just break it down to him like it's a five year old kid and it's adorable. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't like being like, I don't know, lecture on national TV about what the rules are. There, there. Let me tell you about the sport of ice hockey. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I, man. I'm glad they only decided on a period too, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for John Ham next. This is not confirmed anywhere. I, it's the only St. Louis Blues fan of any note. I can possibly think of. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else from. Who else from St. Louis? Who else is from St. Louis? I assume no one's from St. Louis. No, if it was if it was flipped around and it was in Boston instead, yeah, I, I'm sure I could think of a, a laundry list of people to. You know, Somebody uh, from Arizona. Tom, well, I know Tom Dick and Sully is out there. Nelly's from St. Louis, and then Boston. You no. could have all this. All those random bands I listed off for you last week, like uh, Aerosmith or the Cars or somebody like that. Did Did you take Tom, Dick, and Sully and pull Nellies from St. Louis out of that mess? No, I said Nelly before uh, your uh, the the New England tirade. I see you you went onto yeah. your walkie-talkie again, so that's. Uh... Oh God, did I really? Yeah, but you're fine now. Okay, good. 
You yeah, throw a I, niner in there. <laughs> it's a so I think it's just this wind. Like I don't know what. Uh, what <laughs> Why are you recording on wind? your roof, Craig? I told you about recording on your roof. What? Everybody, what's the deal with the wind? What's happening? Are we what's the deal die? with the wind? Why is it so goddamn windy? I'm right. I can deal with the cold. I can deal with the rain. Just well, let's go to the fly purpley weather guy, and he'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Chip Henderson, our weather guy. Are we paying a weather guy? Because that seems like horrible asset management. Look, look. I was told it was a good investment by Chip Henderson's agent. And <laughs> when you're right, you're right. If anything, I wish I could get Coatsy to be the weather guy. That would just be tops. Yeah, he'd probably be as accurate as any other weatherman. That's right. Oh. Suck a meteorologist. I'm Do so your job better. So yeah. sad I don't have my, my Rimshot app on my phone anymore. Because that would have <laughs> been the perfect time for that. This is when Fly Beverly starts their war against meteorologists. Right here. Right <laughs> the now. war against the weather. weather, weather. <laughs> you told me it was going to be sunny. It was overcast. And start screaming at people. Anyway, Michael Kendrick should never be on a hockey broadcast again. Not because of Michael Kendricks, but because of the way people treated him. So that's my stance. Right, because it's a completely awkward, just dumb situation. Yeah. Also, yeah. I may have been off by that that whole Flyers game against the Penguins too. So yeah, no, it was a it was pretty tight for a while, and then it went like a lot of other Flyers games against the Penguins. Yeah. By the way, I mean that that series is not going to go over well if if the Penguins are the second seed. So. No, no, not at all. Because they the big thing with the Flyers is staying out of the penalty box, and they cannot against the Penguins. And also, you know, the Penguins are going to get calls, and you're going to get like. You're going to get the, the four penalties in the first period type of situation. And even the, the Flyers did all right with that. They only gave up a goal. And then we're able to gain a lead shortly after in the second period. But it's still, that's not going to happen every time. And they're probably going to give up at least three or four chances. It depends the game. And the Penguins are going to strike because they have the league the league's best power play that's loaded. So, uh, and even at, at even strength, they were matching up Philp- uh, Hacksaw's putting Philpia out there against the Crosby line, which I know he caught heat for, but... This is the most bizarre recent thing that Hack has decided to do, is Valtteri Philpula shut down center. Okay, so I, I agree. I, I don't... Here, here's the thing, though. Who would you have liked to have gone on Crosby? I, there's an obvious answer, but then we'll we'll work from there. Couture Bigoder. Okay. And then Sean Couture goes up against, um, I guess the Patrick Patrick. line. Yeah. So, and then there's no good answers here, but yeah, that's what Terry Philpula is not a shutdown center by any means. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I feel like it, it, like it's a dumb decision, but at the end of the day, I feel like it's just like you're kind of fucked either way. They have three lines they can roll out against you, and the Flyer second line is currently a 19 year old rookie, which is fine. It's just, I don't know if he's going to match up that well against Crosby or Malkin in the playoff series. And then the Broussard line, I think, is going to do pretty well against either the third or fourth line for the Flyers. So it uh, a series against the Penguins will not be fun. Let's uh, talk about three-peats. Let's talk about three-peats here. No, let's not talk about three-peats. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't want to think about that nightmarish world. Yeah. Oh, man. We can talk about... Speaking of the Penguins game... I do want to talk about this guy because it seemed like there all of a sudden became a lot of backlash against this guy during the Penguins game. 
And I don't know if it's because he flubbed the shot in a close game or if it's just every kind of realized he's having a very pedestrian season. But Jordan Wheel uh, has not gotten a lot of love recently. Uh, you know, three points in 22 games, his last 22 games. Ooh. Not having the best uh, season, according to the uh, the metrics. Uh, he's a minus 1.67 relative course four player. And um, he's broke even and expected goals for, which is fine. But last year he was he was pretty dominant in every facet of the game when it came to the metrics and also putting up points. But he also played in about a third as much five and five time. Uh, and it just seems like this year he does the little things you want from a, a, a bottom six guy, but he just you feel like he's not doing as much as he could be doing. And I just I wonder what. I wonder what his future is with the team. I wonder if he is going to be on the roster next year. I wonder if he's going to be in the AHL next year. I wonder if he's going to be on another team next year. Yeah, uh, it's that's a tough one. I'm a big Jordan Wheel fan, or at least I was I like coming him. into the season. Yeah, And it's been tough to see him. And the thing is, I wouldn't quite characterize what he's doing as struggling, but just not really doing much. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, there he he did have games too where he would. I feel like every game he's consistently been, and it's a really it's a really annoying thing to say, and it's very, like you know, working with cliches to say. But he, I, I feel like he is a pretty good four checker. I feel like he is very strong on getting on the puck deep in the zone. I feel like he's pretty good at extending cycles and getting the puck back from uh, uh, opponents in their defensive zone to extend cycles. Uh, but that really doesn't equate to much if you're not going to help produce a goal-scoring play, I guess. And also if you still spend a decent amount of time in your own zone. Right, right. And if, if you're not going to be scoring goals, at least drive play. At least yeah. get the puck out of your zone and into the opponent's zone. Yeah, like you can't be the main factor that helps the chase part of a dump and chase system. Like I feel like that you got to do a little bit more than that. Which is, it's you know it's there because he did it last year and you had Riley Cote come out and have those comments about him last year. And uh, you would just hope that he would he would do a little bit more this year. I, I, I think it's not really a pressing concern because the contract isn't terrible. It's next year for not a lot of money. So if worst comes to worst, he's... I mean, I, I really don't mind him as a fourth liner. I, 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 you know, you get Latera out of here and maybe move Weiss and Filipino's going to be gone. I, I really wouldn't have a problem with him on the fourth line. But the third liner bust mentality is kind of not that great. And also being in the top six is not not ideal either. But, no, and we were hoping it would be ideal. We were hoping he would do what he did at the end of last season. And I'm I'm disappointed that that, that was a mirage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really looks like it now too, but, but I mean, it was a, it was, I feel like it's like fine calculated gamble and I feel like he's still, maybe this right. is it the wasn't, thing where, it's not that much money. No, no. And I feel like the, some of the, like, I feel like Taylor O'Leary when he gets scratched and comes back in, he's pretty noticeable and has pretty good games. Uh, maybe Jordan will be the same way and he comes back and he has a strong, effective uh, stretch during the end of the season and into the playoffs, but we will have to let's say on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like people just started really bitching again about him against the Penguins game too. And I think that's because he had an opportunity with, I think he was with Felpula and Simmons that night. 
And that was supposed to be a line that did pretty well because they went to return and it was against the Penguins in a big spot. And that line ended up not doing... Yeah, I think that line had a pretty rough night. So, yeah, because that was the night they went up against the the Crosby line. So, I, I I really wouldn't be surprised if he was in the AHL next year. I don't know how you you could trade him too, but I I don't know who's really knocking on the Jordan wheel door right now. Like I know there was a lot like Vancouver was interested last year, but I don't know who would be willing to like I don't even know what the market would be for Jordan wheel right now. According to all the experts on Twitter and Flyers, Facebook and everything, you can trade any player for a draft pick. Uh, Yuri Laterra should be able to net a fourth tomorrow. (laughs) Can I tell you, because I do the Facebook stuff for Broadway Acunel. I'm sorry. Well, exactly. First of all, thank you. It's very uh, thank you for your service situation. But I also saw a comment. (laughs) I like I was just skimming through. I can't remember the article. I just saw, I saw somebody say, well, we all know that Hag is light years better than Sanheim right now. And I was like, wait a minute. Hmm. <laughs> what a, what conclu- who came to that conclusion? <laughs> you see, but, by being in the NHL on a second pairing, eh, you know, enough said. That lot of ghosts doesn't play defense. Uh, and then. Oh, yeah. even though his defense is noticeably picked up this year, he doesn't play it. He's never gonna. He somebody. He was often referred to as an offensive defenseman in his first year, and he puts up a ton of points, so he can never be, never be defensive. Maybe on the ice for a ton more goals for the Flyers than against the Flyers, but it doesn't matter because he doesn't uh, box out every once in a while. So who fucking cares? But I. So there are two ways we can go from Jordan Wheel. Uh, I think we should. Do you want to talk about Sanheim? That would be the one segue. Let's talk about Sanheim. Let's talk yeah. about Travis Sanheim. So Robert Haig's out, what, two weeks? Two weeks with the classic case of LBI. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Robert Haig out with good old question mark in the NHL tradition. And yeah. Travis Sanheim called up as an emergency call-up because Johnny Oduya is also hurt with a case of the olds. And it's a good opportunity for Sanheim to kind of show Hexy what he's got again. And maybe he doesn't have to show Hexy per se. Maybe he has to show Coach Haxtall. I think he's got to show Coach Haxtall is what it comes down to. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. Uh, first three or first two games, because he's up against the Jets and Golden Knights, uh, paired with McDonald. Uh, he has five shots on goal, six shot attempts five of which came against uh, the Golden Knights. He's plus one, big important stat. Two pimps, three Most hits, important. and two giveaways in 27 minutes time on ice. Uh, he has a 66.67 Corsi 4 percentage, 26 shot, shot times 4, 13 against. Uh, he's only been on the ice for one goal so far in his two games, and it was the McDonald goal, which is, by the way, that is one of my favorite things in hockey. That rarely happens, but I know it happened for a goal in the Stanley Cup Finals when everybody thinks it went in, like a minute goes by, and then you just hear like the horn of death, and everybody's like, oh shit, it's a goal, baby. And I'm like, because there's the only reason why they would stop play is because they definitely think it's a goal. Yeah. Like they they, they always review it, but they're not going to stop play two minutes later if they think there's a chance because. <laughs> and they, they actually the- used the horn for this one. That was yeah. my favorite part. I know, yeah, that's why I love it. It's just like, it's just like the signal of like goals are coming, 
instead of just like <laughs> I don't know. But that was a I mean it was a pretty good play and I at the time of the play I didn't even think it went in. I thought Howie Buck just made a hell of a save for that I hope that's not a pun. That's not really a pun, is it? I don't consider that a pun. Okay, good. All right, I, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, so. But it was, uh, I mean, and Sandheim was on the ice for that. So that was, uh, I think that was the only, yeah, it was the only goal that he was on the ice for, for either team. Um, so he's looked like himself. And he's had, he, he has, he's having a season where he'll play fine for 59 minutes and 45 seconds of a game or his ice time, and then for 15 seconds, he'll have one bad play, and it results in being highlighted or the puck going in the back of his net. So the game on Sun- or Monday, he almost scores, is robbed by Flurry on a shot from the slot, and then after the next faceoff, they go down the ice and he takes a penalty. And it's a situation where if he didn't catch a bad break with the Flurry rob, he would have had a goal and... They, he wouldn't have been in the box for a penalty. So I, I feel like that's just kind of like how his season has gone. He, he'll put up monster possession numbers with whoever he's with, but he just doesn't seem to be getting the puck luck in terms of goals for and goals against. So, like he's right now, if him and McDonald is a pairing that we would hope to see in the postseason. Because I mean, if you had if you had Gostapier, Provorov, and then McDonald and Sanheim with the numbers they're putting up over the last two games. That that's a lot better than whatever you're gonna get out of the second and third pairings. And then maybe just I don't know, send Brandon Manning into the stands or the AHL or, or anywhere but here. You don't let him see the standings and convince him that we have home ice for the away games and then we have away games for the home games is what happens. I'll take Hag I guess it would be Hag Gudis then. That would be horrendous. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. And <laughs> that sounds like a <laughs> I I don't know. They would have to. I mean, you could put Hag back with McDonald, but that's not great. Well, the thing is, it comes out of classic Hagstall usage. Hag McDonald would be a fine third pairing. Then. So you let Sandheim carry Gudis or Sandheim Gudis work together. And that could be your second pairing, but it, that would not be the way it would go. It would be Hag McDonald would be bordering on getting more ice time than Provorov Gossespierre. So if uh, if we had a coach that, you know, kind of weighed out the necessary skill sets for time on ice ratio, I guess it would be a little bit different. But, you know, once McDonald and Haggard uh, on the same pairing, Hackstall's ears perk up, and he's like, mm, 30 minutes. <laughs> 25 minutes a night for this pair. So. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, so the uh, Reed was also caught up. Matt Reed was also caught up. Uh, meet Reed. Dad, Dad Reed. Reed? Meet Reed? Yeah. We just caught went up. in reverse order in <laughs> the way we <laughs> yelled. <laughs> he, he came up with his... Uh, Polo shirt tucked into his tan uh, khaki jorts and his uh, long white socks to uh, tell us about saving uh, 10% of our paycheck and to uh, remind us to turn out the lights when we're leaving the room. So he's really dadding it up. Dadding it up. Make sure you take advantage of your company's 401k, boys. (laughs) Oh, God. He's telling us uh, what's going to close that door behind you. You know, we're not heating the whole neighborhood. 
What are we living in a barn here? Yeah, he always tells us which gas stations in town have the cheapest prices too. He's he's really dadding it up. The guys can't stand it, but he's back here. Um, and he's looked alright. He, I think he's looked like Matt Reed the last two games, which is to me uh, welcome news. Uh, better than was, Laterra, better than Weiss. See, I've always had a. I've always liked Matt Reed. I've never really understood the Matt Reed hate. I, People I guess really hate him. They really it, it, hate him and. Like I, I know a guy who he hates Matt Reed and he hates who's the other the other weird player that he hates. He hates he hates Michael Raffle a lot. No, those are they want you hate together. That seems to be the they are good possession guys that don't score a lot of points and seem to get a, a decent amount of ice time. So right. so <laughs> Oscar Lindblom is next up on that hate list. For oh, absolutely. Especially with the luck he's been having, but uh, which is what yeah, we like to call the, the professional term for that is shit luck. <laughs> yeah. Real shit luck. Quick uh, update. Three nothing devils over the golden Knights. Hell yeah, Vegas. Baby. You're killing us guys. By the way, Taylor Hall's 26 game point streak or point streak came to close after 26 games. So, Oh, four, nothing Four nothing. Now well, there you go. Flurry after just, Killing, stonewalling the Flyers the other night. Decided, <laughs> New Jersey, you can have your way. Yeah, nice. That's good stuff. That's right. That's what the Jets did last week. Uh, the Jets beat the Devils in regulation, and then uh, Patrick Laine and the boys took a nap on Saturday and only scored one goal against uh, Peter Morazic. So. I was very happy it was nap-nap time for Patrick yeah. Laine. <laughs> Still scored a goal. That was the best part. Was, was a very he scored a goal. But he got yeah. laid out by a guy half his size. Yeah, that was a pretty good hit. Tra- Travis Konechny basically went around the rink two times like Superman reversing time and flattened Patrick Line. It was a Herculean effort by the little man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see Pat, or, uh, Travis Konechny in a playoff series. Uh, oh, yeah. Know. Fingers crossed and everything. But just also the way he played against the Penguins, too, where he uh, he scored that goal and then the celebration afterwards. So, very excited. Uh, real quick, though, the Matt Reed numbers. Okay, Got to get these Matt Reed numbers out here. Got to get those meat numbers in here. Four shots on goal, five shot attempts, uh, four individual scoring chances, one block shot, four takeaways, minus one in 27-41 time on ice. Over three games, sixty-one point nine Corsi four percentage, very close to being a very nice Corsi four percentage. And then forty-five scoring chance, uh, four percentage, so not too great there. But he's, I mean, that's not because of him. He's generating a fair amount of his scoring chances by himself. So, and he he looked fine on the penalty kill too. I know the numbers weren't great, but he, I mean, down the stretch, if they keep reading on the penalty kill, you you should theoretically be able to scratch Latera because then he's not going to be on. He has no value because he sucks and he's not going to be able to play the penalty kill. No value. But I'm pretty sure Matt Reed's last game, he got less than seven minutes. So very excited to see Matt Reed get scratched again so they can re-side Bourne Gordon or whatever they're going to do. Who knows? Very, but, very excited for that. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask, after that Vegas game, you feeling just you know a lot of regret for not protecting Pierre Edouard Belmar? 
Oh, but is it time for Bellwatch? I think it is time for Bellwatch. I'll yeah, have to cue up the music, but... Yeah, let's get some Bellwatch going here. Yeah, we can talk. Uh, I am not... I don't know... Oh, I forgot to look up the quote, too, but he had a phenomenal quote about being taken in the uh, expansion draft, so... Also, yeah, Belmore being a bit of an asshole on the game on Monday. So we'll, we'll get to that after we hear the uh, the Bellwatch theme music. My video will play after ads, so you're going to have to wait a minimum of 10 seconds to hear (laughs) Belzies, For Whom the Bell Tolls. It is not actually For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is a much better (laughs) song than what you're about to hear. But time marches on. I guess it's time to uh, thank our sponsor of uh, Taco Bell. Taco Bell, it's good food, baby. Uh, Oh, here we go. It's good food, baby. That's all Taco (laughs) Bell has to say. (laughs) Yeah, so the the Flyers played the Knights the other night, and Pierre Edward Belmar was there. And yeah, he was definitely there. He was uh, definitely there, almost, being a complete jerk ass. Yeah, almost murdered Nolan Patrick. Uh, which I I don't remember him having that kind of physicality in Philadelphia at all. This but. guy is apparently super pissed off that the Flyers didn't protect him in his whopping career high fourteen points. Yeah, that's fine. He can be pissed off. I really don't care anymore. I mean, we're not going to see him now for the rest of the year. So. Yeah, I am, I couldn't have been happier about losing a guy than losing it. Pierre Edward oh, yeah. Belmar. The only way I would have been happier is if they had taken McDonald off our right. hands. Right, McDonald. Which, I mean, you had to know wasn't going to, like, any, everybody knew that was not going to happen. So losing Belmar was a realistic, pleasant surprise. I, I definitely thought they were going to, I think they were talking about, like, Law, who were they talking about last year? Lawton? No, they protected uh, Lawton. Lawton, did they? Yeah, they did protect Lawton. Yeah, because I, I remember that being talked about. Because he was in, he was in the AHL at the time. And there like, was some oh, talk of baby Brandon Manning, which, looking back, that would have been nice too. That would have been very nice. Yeah, but given I mean, the minutes that Belmar was pulling under Hack and that that key penalty kill time and everything, and not being very good at it, although penalty kill has not been that much better this year with the personnel they've no. been using. So yeah. No. Yeah. Well, they talked about it on the other show, and I wrote an article back the back in December. Uh, yeah, there's only been one constant with uh, the Flyers penalty over the last four years now. And uh, heads up, it's not anything with the personnel on the ice. So, just leave it at that without calling Look, out people, I guess. <laughs> if you can, if you take a puck to the a famous puck to the face, you can be PK coach for the rest of the time. It's a rule. A famous puck to the face. No. No Jeff Bridges type pucks to the face that people aren't going to be too aware of. You got to take a real famous puck to the face. So <laughs> it's got to be a well-known puck around the world type of shot to the face. And it's uh, true. I mean, Ian LaPerrier took it right to the dome. And uh, I guess he has a job forever uh, really sucking it up on the Flyers penalty kill. So. Don't know Listen, what it is. He was but... a good penalty killer in the NHL, so why wouldn't he be a good penalty kill coach? Well, there's a laundry list of reasons, evidently. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky was the greatest offensive player in NHL history, so why wouldn't he be a good offensive coach? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of gambling in Arizona coaches, uh, Rick Tocchet. Oh, I'll throw this in oh. real quick. <laughs> I'm going to real quick because Talk of, uh, watch. around the league is really short this week, but uh, Tocchet is on leave of absence to deal with a family illness. So. Uh. That's There's one of like your four around the league tidbits, but 
Yeah, uh, Ian LaFerre should be gone. Uh, Penalty Kill is not good. Um, what were we talking about before that? I was gonna, I was gonna talk a little bit about Lindblom being. Uh, oh, we we're talking about Vegas. That's right. Let's talk about Lindblom now. Screw Vegas. Okay. Who cares? They're losing four yeah. nothing to New Jersey. Get the hell out of here, you yeah, bums. Belmar's a bum. He said something about the contract that was about being a business, but it sounded like he was pissed. But I mean, I really don't. Who terrible cares? possession player, terrible PK, didn't put up a lot of points. Uh, everybody thought he was adorable because he was French. I don't know. He, he was pretty much the apparently more palatable version of Chris Mandavelli, so I'm not too upset we lost him. Um, moving on to Oscar Limbaugh being the unluckiest person we all know. Uh, <laughs> he still doesn't have a point in 10 games. I think he has 10 games. He's played 10 games so far. That sounds uh, right. I'll look it up. 55.64 cores four percentage, 60 point. 08 expected goals four percentage, 28 individual Corsi four attempts, and 1.93 expected goals for individual goals for at five on five. And he has yet to record a single point. It's actually impressive at this point in time that he has not recorded a point. <laughs> he should by Especially himself. considering Patrick and Voracek have been scoring points. Yeah, and like the, that line is clicking, and he's been on the that line's been on the like they were on that ice for the McDonald goal we were talking about, and they've been on the ice for a few other goals, and they somehow just don't like he just doesn't touch the puck. He's not one of the last people to touch the puck. It, it's amazing. It's uh, eleven games now and no games. points, but plus one, so he's doing something right. Oh, there he goes. Sam important, important real stat. <laughs> Sam Carty is smoking a victory cigar somewhere right now, so it's pretty nice. Um, but he, he has his He almost batted that one in against the Penguins. Uh, he had a chance against Tuka Rask early on where it was a slap shot that Tuka Rask did not know where it was, even though it was in his pads. Uh, and it looked like somebody was about to whack it home and he was going to get an assist at least. Meanwhile, we've got Yuri Letero over here just sliding into Rask's DMs with one of the, <laughs> the worst goals of the season. It looked like it looked like Rask thought it was a warm up shot before they take the ice at the after intermission, and it just squirted through. It was like, oh, was did the ref not blow the whistle? What happened here? It just squirted through, and nobody like even the celebration was kind of just like, oh, that that was an actual goal. Okay, yeah, I feel like oh, he's has three goals this year. All against really good goalies, and I feel like all three of his goals have kind of been like, well, that doesn't seem like it was intentional. <laughs> like, it hasn't been one yet where he's been like, oh, that was a good play. Yeah, I think it was like, John uh, Sequello who pointed out that his three goals were against Henrik Lundqvist, Vasilevsky, and Tuka Rask, yeah. which I called him Kingslayer based off that. Like, yeah, which is, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, you know, hopefully we get into, hopefully the Flyers get into a playoff series against a top goalie. So Yuri Laterra can pull an RJ Umberger and score I mean, goals. If, I mean, if they keep falling, they could play the lightning in the first round. And then you would just watch out Vasilevsky. You're not going to be, you're going to be staying up at night thinking about that. Yeah. You just feed Yuri Laterra the puck and he scores 15 goals in the series. Yeah. he. So he, you're RJ saying Umberger. top line is going to be G Couturier Laterra. <laughs> can you imagine that, that actually there's no way actually would. i can all too vividly imagine that considering <laughs> dave axtall's decisions in the past god it would be like Giroux, couturier and latera and or the five it would be like the Giroux, five man... couturier van de Velde. 
They'll bring him back. Or what would I say? It was rather, wasn't it Vandevelde drew Voracek at one point? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. really, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, it's definitely not, yeah. And Konechny played on the fourth line at one point last year, too, so. Right, so I was, they can I was just swap say. in the lineup. Konechny can go back to scoring no points and playing with just garbage. and Yeah, it's, it sounds wonderful. Yeah, that that... Giroud, Couturier, Laterra, and then a Manning McDonald would, would be like the top five-man unit that Hackstall uses one night for like 25 minutes. So, very excited. Very excited to see that up against <laughs> fucking Stamkos, Kucherov, and God knows who else is on that top line now. I think they just put in... No, they didn't put in JT Miller. Who did they put up there? I think they put in Kalorn. But, they uh, could yeah. put a cardboard stand-in, and that cardboard stand-in is going to score 20 goals with that line. <laughs> That that person's gonna Patrick Maroon the shit out of like thirty points in the playoffs. So. Are you saying Patrick Maroon is a cardboard <laughs> stand-in? Because I fully support this. <laughs> I can't wait until we make fun of Patrick Maroon every single podcast leading up to the postseason, and then he pots at least one hat trick against the Flyers at some point in the postseason, or like he has one of the greatest individual goals of the season, and then we just. We just have to live with the fact that we dunk on that man forever. But I, I, I will make fun of him forever because I, I really can't stand him. I've never understood. I, I feel like he's just a big guy that goes to the net and everybody's like, oh, my God, is he an elite player? Who knows? He's so good. <laughs> like and like people acted like it was the end of the world when he got traded when he was a minor league player here. And oh, was, yeah, should have kept, should have kept. Uh, I don't know. I remember Sierra Valley had a uh, article that was like, is this – Holmgren's biggest regret letting him go and it was a fucking article about Patrick Maroon and I'm like <laughs> not like you expected to be Sergei Bobrovsky or something and I was, gonna say, I was like are you kidding like the, uh, Holmgren's worst mistake like you you were working in the city when he was here are you kidding me <laughs> you like, do recall getting a quote from Il- Ilya Brzezgalov after every game correct <laughs> yeah I was like did you not do the press conference on like the Nicholas Grossman trade what are you talking about <laughs> Pablo Kubino was on the Flyers, but yeah, sure. Letting a minor leaguer go was, you know, just the end of the world. So yeah, sorry, a, a minor leaguer who probably fought a coach. Yeah. Fucking I. His, I guess his plus minus is off the charts, which is why some beat writers are obsessed with them. I have no idea. I have no. Maroonzy? That's what I'm assuming uh, his nickname is. That's uh, it. Uh, Patrick Maroon. Patrick C. Maroon. Pa- pa- Patrick-y, yeah, Patsy. Patsy would be a downright weird one if they're just like, yeah, Patsy over there. Yeah. See, bordering on derogatory, so. But bordering on derogatory, so we'll probably never get... <laughs> so we're going to stick with Maroonzy. Marzy. Marzy. Oh, by the way, uh, Steve, real quick. Out of these four games, you know why the, the Flyers only won the game against the Jets, right? Why is that? Because it was the 69th game of the season. So it was oh, the there it is. Very nice. Also, in that Jets game, speaking of Laterra, did you hear Jim Jackson dropping the line, you can't stop Laterra, you can only hope to contain him? No. Okay. So, yeah. I feel like that's a running that... joke with the the broadcast crew at this point, because there's the Bill Clement line from a few weeks ago where yeah. he said that if Yori Laterra played the entire game along the boards, he'd be an all-star. Yeah. Well, in in their defense, I think Latera's game best game of the season was actually on Saturday. Because he had a few very noticeable positive plays. 
And I think that was the play, uh, if I remember correctly, he pressured somebody by himself on a forecheck, forced a turnover, and then held onto the puck in the offensive zone for a couple seconds, which was very, very unlike Yuri Letera. But it was a, an amazing play. And if he had plays like that every single game, then we would be giving up shit. So Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't. And there was a very distinct moment in the season for Yuri Letera. Patrick Maroon, by the way, plus minus ain't shit. He had... His career high is 13, and that was last season in Edmonton. And his point total was a whopping 42, but he had 27 goals because he was standing by the net and Connor McDavid was using him to knock goals into the net. Yeah, but Connor McDavid is making uh, uh, wine out of water and just serving <laughs> off the spot, so. Here you are, my son. Another goal. <laughs> Thanks, Go forth. Go forth. And reap a giant contract from the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> I don't know why Patrick Green only has 11 goals this year. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we know why. We know. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's me responding to the future articles from fucking... 15. Uh, 15 goals on the season. This year? with Edmonton, yes. Wow. Yeah, that is... uh, 14 with Edmonton in 57 games and one with the devils in six games so far killing it worth uh worth hey, the trade. Yeah. listen five points in six games stud oh all right that's pretty good that's yeah, it's bad. pretty good it's pretty good it's no claude Giroux, but pretty good uh, let's talk about should... Giroux. let's talk about philly's longest tenured athlete okay. the eagles let go of brent Selleck this week very unfortunate but also, kind of Selleck's time to go, so it's yeah. sad, but he got to go out on top with the Eagles, and that's awesome. But that makes Claude Giroux the longest-tenured athlete in Philadelphia, and dude is having a year right now. 82 points on the season for Claude Giroux. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, uh, I mean, considering what he was last year to actually come out and have this type of year is ridiculous, and I feel like we've talk about Drew a bunch on this podcast lately but it's uh it's definitely it's not deserved. enough it's not enough no it's never enough especially because last year i'm pretty sure i was part of the bandwagon that said i wouldn't mind seeing if they could trade drew for a decent return if he was going to be this for the rest of his contract so we can't all be right like steve every week i know it's <laughs> tough yeah no I, I i know believe me i know i know bro <laughs> Okay, Zach, calm down. Never, ever get tired of that one. G but finds he, himself, though, with his awesome year. He hopefully will keep on the current pace and surpass his already impressive uh, best seasons. And he's uh, on the doorstep of passing Eric Lindros on the all-time Flyers points list, which is amazing. Yeah. Lindros had 659. Uh, Claude Giroux has 657 at the moment. So two more he's tied, three more he is ahead and uh, then the next goal is Rick McLeish at number four with 697. So that's an elite nuts. company right there. Yeah. And I think a, a big part of I, I think Drew doesn't get as much love as he deserves. Uh, well, the first thing is I think he gets a lot of respect from a lot of the fans, but a lot of the naysayers are just louder about his leadership and everything. Which is bullshit because he hasn't had the talent around him to help kind of get into the postseason and get anywhere in the postseason. You know what it is? A lot of people equate leadership with 
grit, toughness, and hits. Like, they expect leaders to be, like, these brash wrecking balls, if you will. Yeah. And I I think Drew is tough, and I think he is gritty. I just don't... I think, think... he's tough, too, but because he's a guy who's known more for his passing skills and, yeah, you know, being more of a delicate, fancy-pants hockey player than, oh, rough-and-tumble Jason Smith, then... <laughs> Still, I still yeah. can't believe that guy was a Flyers captain. Still can't believe it. Yeah, he was. Desperate times. Yeah, <laughs> desperate times. Desperate times. I do. Um, but he is like you know he's he'll always battle on the boards and battle for pucks and lose space. And I also feel like nobody really talks about like him just diving to keep pucks in the zone on the power play, or like him diving for poke checks on the neutral zone, or. Doing little things like that. I feel like he's always diving at least once or twice a game. Oh, yeah. For very, very little plays, but are just... At times when he gets questioned for his leadership or effort, it's kind of ass nine if you just watch. If you uh, hashtag watch the game, so... Right. Watch the game, you bozos. That's pretty much what it comes down to. The guy's out there giving his all all the time. He gets pissed off when they lose. You can see it on his face. Just because he's not coming out and calling out the team all the time doesn't mean he doesn't care. Yeah, and I think I think the thing too, and this is something else that the other crew talked about too, is this segment of uh, Flyers history hasn't really been too successful. Uh, it's probably the second or third least successful like string of years for the franchise because they haven't won a playoff series since 2012, and they keep missing the playoffs. And uh, you know, as the captain of those teams, that's probably going to come off in a bad light, but it's not because of Drew's play. It's just because of the teammates he's had around him. I mean, he's had some monster seasons and the years when he's played insane and inhuman, they've made the, the postseason. Uh, I haven't won a playoff round, but they've, they've made the postseason. And then years like last year when he couldn't buy a break, they don't even come close to the postseason. So you, you can see his value and he's very durable too, which is like, a, I don't know, a dumb thing that, be excited about right. but no it, it means he's consistent it means he's always out there yeah doing his thing and look if Claude Giroux's not one of the 20 greatest flyers if not one of the 10 greatest flyers of all time at this point it, he's up there he's getting up there oh maybe man, not maybe not quite the top 10 but he's knocking on the door and the numbers really just are are very impressive uh, assists by the way he's number four easily and he's knocking on the door of bill barber uh is prop second then prop is second assist yeah. is clark 852 prop 480 bill barber 463 claude Giroux 452 so hmm. he could pass bill barber real soon yeah. and he could pass brian prop within the next year or two we Bobby should, uh, Clark is probably way. not going to catch up to. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, we should, uh, one of the summer episodes, I guess, we should talk about Claude Drew being a top 10 flyer of all time. I think the case can oh, be Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so. But speaking, so Claude Drew is definitely a fan favorite of uh, the uh, smart part of the fan base. Uh, another fan favorite for almost the entire fan base, this is called a segue, Steve, is uh, Wayne Simmons. Uh, had his return to the lineup uh, on Thursday. 
When did they play the Penguins? Wednesday? Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday, because it was... <laughs> Rivalry night! Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not Pirates and Phillies, but... Uh, and in those four <laughs> games, uh, Simmons has had one goal, one assist, and ten shots on goal. And also, his, his first period against... In the... World War Two, the <laughs> Steelers and Eagles combined to make the Steagles. Tonight... The two cities couldn't be more separate. <laughs> oh God, it's bum bum. Yeah, and then just that. At least, at least Flyers Penguins is actually a rivalry, though. Is you know, it's not a hey, Fly- Penguins Rangers is you know they play in the same division. Yeah. I, I... Yeah, Penguins, is, I don't think there's as much animosity between Blues, those two. Blues Bruins is next week. It's not a rivalry yeah, at <laughs> Who all. Who gives a shit? Flyers <laughs> Red Wings also not a rivalry, and that's been used a million times. Actually, Flyers Blackhawks not a rivalry either. Just because they play in the cup doesn't mean they're a rivalry. Because I don't consider Devils Kings a rivalry. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, the Simmons, Simmons' first period against the Bruins, though, may have been the... Like his unluckiest period as a flyer ever, because he was tripped by, I believe, Tory Krug that went uncalled late in the first period that led to the Bruins' second goal. He got the puck in the slot and slammed it off the iron. Uh, he was visibly upset and pissed at the end of the first period, and he also did not return for the start of the second period. So, um, but seeing the recover from that, seeing the be fine from there. Also, Simmons' return to the bottom six did not help the bottom six score a goal, which was something we talked about last week, as uh, as two bottom lines are still looking for any form of offense, which would be kind of nice since the Flyers only have eight goals in the last four games. Um, Damn. And Offense is nice. I would prefer more of it. Offense is nice. Uh, You would think that Reed... You would think... uh, You would think that Matt Reed would beat more offense? Don't say that. no, no, no. You would think that William Simmons in the bottom six would help create offense. Not Matt Reed being in the lineup in Nimrod. I'm not going to say that. I know Matt. Re- I know what Matt Reed is now. He's a fine little player, but he's not going to, you know, it's not going to bring goals to your team. But William Simmons being in the bottom six going up against another third or fourth line, you think would be, you know, yield something. I don't know. Did not do too, too much. And, just, I mean, Simmons' goal is over these last four games came on the power play too. So that wasn't the bottom six scoring. It was a very nice goal, a very crucial goal too. At the time it looked like it was about to get the flyers a point, but it, uh, it, it made not. me very excited in the moment. Yeah, it did not because Ryan Carpenter, uh, apparently had something to say during an NHL game, which I have no idea who that even is. He, he of course you don't. Cause he's a Vegas golden Knight who almost has 10 goals this year. He was a guy, I think he came over from the sharks who, was struggling to make the NHL, and the, here he is just lighting up the scoreboard in Vegas because that's, that's what their team is right now, somehow. Um, well, one other bit of Flyers news, too, is Brian Elliott's actually skating again. So uh, He started skating again two days ago. Hextall said there's a small chance that both him and Norworth could be back by the playoffs. Mrazek is your phantom starter for the Calder Cup playoffs. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Obviously not. <laughs> I I think, I mean, postseason roster, I'm thinking Elliot and Mrazek. Yeah. Neuverth, come on. You can rely on that guy to... 
yeah, be consistent and stay healthy for more than two days. He's got to be the third option if everybody else gets hurt. Or you let him be the starter, and then he gets hurt a couple minutes in, and then you go with the other two. So then you don't feel guilty if Morazic and Elliot get hurt, and then you have to turn to Norbert as a third string because you know he's going to get hurt anyways. So I think they all need to just take a period, all three of them. And that's the way to do it. That's how you goaltend in the playoffs. That's how Peter Laviolette taught me. Shorten the bench. Only have uh, 17 skaters. And uh, just have two goalies sit on the bench there. You know, facts are facts, and that's just smart hockey. Facts are indeed facts, Stephen. You cannot argue that. Facts are facts. Facts are facts. That's a new tagline for the show. Who do you uh, who do you want out of those three to start in the postseason? Elliot, Morazic, or Norberth? Mm. I'm thinking, I, I would Ugh. say Elliot. Yeah, Elliot. Uh, I'd say Elliot. He's Elliot. oh god, that is it is tough to think about. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. It's just going to be the Penguins' top three lines going against Elliot in the playoffs. Oh, that's all. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Even you know, I I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you rather face the the Caps or, I mean, I, I think it's going to be the the Caps or the Penguins. Because either way you look at it, even if they drop down to the top wild card, they're still going to be playing the winner of the the Metro, which is going to be the Caps or the Penguins. Just went out and played the Blue Jackets, who just have Sergei Brodsky. Yeah, yeah. By the way, going back to Cervelli's article about the Homer's worst decision, but you know. <laughs> Patrick Maroon with hands out in that category. So. Unless, you know, Patrick Maroon is Holmgren's worst decision and not protecting Belmar is Hextall's worst decision. I think Dale Weiss has something to say about that. Of course. It's not actually not <laughs> protecting, but I just love how pissed off the guy is. Like, uh, yeah. sure, whatever's getting you out of bed in the morning, Belzy. <laughs> yeah, well, he's probably having a good time in Vegas. So, I no, feel like that's, machines. that might be why Vegas is having such a good season because that was that was every guy's like outlook, and then they like he Belmar did have an assist on the final goal that helped the the Golden Knights win. Maybe that's just every Vegas Golden Knights attitude is just like, well, screw my team, my old team. It's a fun <laughs> research project to see what every Golden Knight I, did against his old team. Yeah, I think. Well, I think Wachinski has been pushing that. Uh, Golden Knights revenge agenda for a while there. I think he's been talking about it for a couple of months. I don't know if he actually threw out stats for it, but uh, that was one theory that I, I kind of agree with. And that would kind of the thing is, is like they're doing good this year, but everybody's on a one year contract, so I have no idea what they're going to do next year. Oh yeah, Carlson, who's got an well an ass load of goals, is no an RFA. <laughs> no other way to put it. Just uh, an he's an RFA, and he's one of their better contract situations. Yeah, I think he, I mean, he's he's got to come back. Uh, you can't let that, I don't think they're going to let that guy score that many goals and then just not bring him back. Even if he ends up being a Jonathan Choo type, like he yeah. still has to, he's, you have to give him some kind of money right now. But, 100%. Yeah. I'm going to look at their cap-friendly page, but while I'm looking that up, I want you to chew on this headline. So at least, you know, we got problems as Flyers fans, but... At least our media isn't asking this question. Does this is a TSN sports tweet? Does McDavid need more protection in Edmonton? 
Craig, you're breaking up a bit, my friend. Oh, sorry. Uh, I said protection oh, you're back. like Hooray. what? Uh, protection like what? Like condoms. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, you should always be using protection. I feel like Proper that should not protection. be... <laughs> you think no, it's... no, no. I, they, mean, they mean goons. You think... Oh, okay. I didn't know if they meant like goons or like more scoring death. So. I, I could click on it, but I'm assuming they mean... Oh, well, it's a video. Ugh, who cares? Oh, hell that's yeah. That's what we need right now. We need more okay. video content on the internet. There's not enough video. <laughs> there's not enough stuff that I can, you know, half listen to at work with the, the corner of my eye paying attention to what's actually going on on the screen. As a person that sits five feet away from their boss's desk, yes, everybody, make more video content, because that's how I get away with not doing work at work, so... Please do that, and I'll just put it. I'll just blare it. Let them know. <laughs> well, so I'm looking at Vegas's roster now, and uh, Thomas Tatar has four years left, so that's that's fun. Uh, James yeah. Neal's going to be a UFA. Mikhail Grabowski, David Perone, Ryan Reeves, William Carlson's going to be an RFA. Thomas Heike. William Carrier is going Thomas to be an RFA. You remember Thomas Leica? A little bit. That name sounds familiar. Lucas Spiza is going to be a UFA. We're in the A over there. Good old Lucas Spiza. Oh, wow. Well, Should have kept. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> not, not even going to entertain that joke. Just no. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. Hard pass. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot they, of UFA's coming for this this squad. Yeah. But you know, they no, got I think they, they got Belzy for I, two years. I think they I really think they thought they were gonna suck this year. Like I thought they just took on a bunch of contracts, they're gonna suck, get Darlene, and then they're just gonna build from that. And then I guess William Carlton was like, I'm gonna put up forty goals this year and plans went awry. So Yeah, it'd be kinda nice if like, oh I don't know, Jordan Wheel got fifty goals this year, but I guess it will be William Carlson. William Carlson was also a fourth liner in Columbus too, which is why this is like Vegas's Vegas's entire season is just fascinating. So I will okay before I get we talk about some of the uh, the minor league stuff and the the prospects with the Flyers. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question, and we'll talk about this because I'm very interested in what your thoughts are. Because I saw a Nesson poll with this, and I was really surprised by the answer. But I guess looking into the numbers a little bit, it shouldn't be that surprising. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury racked up his 400th win against the Flyers, and Alex Ovechkin scored his 600th goal against the Jets this week. For the record, that wasn't Mark Andre Fleury's 400th win against the Flyers. That was just his 400th win, right? Correct. It just yeah. felt like his 400th win against the Flyers. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Ovechkin is the 20th 600 goal scorer in the NHL ever. And Marc-Andre Fleury was the 13th goalie to have 400 wins in the NHL. So, Stephen, I'll, I'll pose this question to you. Which feat is more impressive? 600 goals or 400 wins? 600 goals. And I'll tell I, you why. I'll tell you why I, before yeah. you get to yours. Because wins are much more of a byproduct of the team you're on. Goals are just you being a straight baller. Uh, scientifically speaking, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, the facts are there. And as you facts said, facts are facts. Facts are facts. Yeah. So, no, I agree, though. I, 
Because just looking at, he's the 13th goalie to win 400 games. So you know who's 14th on the goalie wins list with 389? Oh, I'm going to go with Felix Potvin. Uh, Dominic Hasek. So if you think Flurry <laughs> is more productive than Dominic Hasek, I, I feel like your step might be a little fucked up. And in this, I don't know. Like there, There's other good goalies out there, but also Chris Osgood is still in front of Flurry, who is pretty much, who was the Flurry of the 90s. So oh, just being, a hundred percent. No, I, I don't know. I, Actually, I'll, that would be, that's a disservice to Flurry. Uh, Osgood was just like Mr. Mediocre goalie who played on an amazing team. Yeah. But I mean, Flurry, Flurry has been decent in some of the postseason run. Like he's been fine. Like I, I have defended him before about the whole not showing up in the postseason thing because he's, I think he was fine. He just had, he had like that three or four window where he was hilariously bad. And we, it as Flyers fans, we all great know about window. it. I, I wish it lasted forever. <laughs> yeah, as Flyers fans, we got we were the benefactor of that because 2012 was like his worst time in the NHL, and he was giving up circus goals, and it was great. But at, at other times, like last year, he was a big reason why they won because he came in and served the backup role and did pretty damn well. And he had that, I mean, he had a pretty good run in 2009 as well when they won, so... I, like it's not completely bullshit the the goalie wins thing, but at the same time, I just you, you're right. I think it's a big it's a big uh, product of just who's on your team. I mean, some of those Penguins teams had Malkin, Crosby, and Jordan Stall down the middle, which is uh, yeah, yeah. You should you should get some wins if you're the goalie in that game. I don't know. And like Dominic Kashuk was probably the best goalie I've ever seen, at least athletically. And like his capability to take over games. I mean, I'm not really counting. Uh, I'm not really counting Fatso uh, there because he was another product of his team. So, still, but for <laughs> You're him, not counting Fatso. For him, Fatso was really good though. He was pretty good. Yeah, I decided that uh, Fatso's favorite holiday is Thanksgiving because he got to once again overeat, and he also got to spend a lot of time with the uh, extended family members. So that those were like his two favorite things. So, um. But yeah, like so. If there's any stat that we're like Dominic Kosciuk is an Eskimos player, I don't know if it's really like 600 goals, especially considering like the league now, where goaltending strategy and development is probably at an all-time high. They're like the league is struggling to score goals. They always talk about needing to find ways to score goals. The defensive strategies are more well developed than they were in past decades, and players are blocking shots at crazy rates. Like, the players in the 80s just... Like, if you watch footage of Gretzky, Gretzky was amazing, and he would have put up points in any era. If you look at just some of his goals, though, it's guys just getting out of the way of shots and, like, goalies standing up and missing saves. It was absurd. Like, could you imagine just a Vetchkin playing in that, that day and age? It's like he would have had 10-goal games. Would have been a thousand goals. Yeah. <laughs> the Ovech trick would have been an actual thing. Yeah, he probably he probably would have had at least one of Vetrick. Yeah, it would have been not, it would have been saying. But I was just laughing because I saw they. I was watching some of the Bruins Hurricanes game the other night, and that was a Nesson poll. And I think seventy three people voted that four hundred wins was better. And I I stood up. I started screaming. I, I broke multiple things in my bedroom. So that was uh. This isn't right. <laughs> God damn it, Nesson! <laughs> you and your Jack Edwards broadcasts. And so. It's no good. Now, uh, let's get back to... All right, so a lot of AHL and CHL stuff. Or uh, 
AHL and uh, prospect news for the Flyers this week. Scott Gordon extension. The FAMS coach received an extension. I don't know if the actual years came out yet. I, I guess I should have done that before going on the podcast. Ugh, but he on, has uh, 122 wins, 74 losses, 19 yeah, overtime losses. Minor league bullshit here. With the Phantom since 2015-16. Uh, he took the FAMS to the playoffs for the first time since 2008-09 when they were in Philadelphia. And last year they won postseason games for the first time since 2007-08. And I feel like... I. They were talking about him possibly being a, a fill-in for Hackstall if he was to get fired, but I feel like Scott Gorn's in the perfect spot. I feel like he should be the guy that is developing talent down the age, I guess. And I don't... It's a very hard thing to gauge uh, developing prospects, but seems to have a handle on running a AHL team pretty well. And if the AHL team is going to be filled up with Flyers prospects pretty soon, which... Looking at the news this week, it looks like it will be. Uh, I think I'm fine bringing Scott Gordon back for a couple more years. So It's just good to see the Phantoms back in the place they are. That I don't want to say elite, yes. per se, but that, that winning, back in their winning ways. Well, yeah. I mean, they were they did not win. They didn't make the postseason a single time a year they were in Adirondack. Like, the last time they made the postseason was their last year in Philadelphia until last year, so... Uh, it, it it is good to see that, and it, it'll feel a lot better, too, when even more prospects join the team, which will be is another segue. Uh, two of them are Carson Torinsky and Maxim Shushko. So Carson Torinsky, who was the 82nd overall pick in the third round of the 2016 draft from the Flyers, signed an ELC uh, that will be three years, like every other ELC, and is has a cap hit of $775,833. So far this year with the Kelowna Rockets and WHL, he has 43 goals and 27 assists for 70 points in 66 games. 39 of his points are at 5-on-5, five five, which is 38th among, among 119 WHL forwards that have played 65 games or more this season. And his 14 5-on-4 goals is tied for 8th among all WHL forwards. And he is a guy that I... I looked at the possible free agents in the prospect pool for this season, last season. So Anthony Solinitri, Carson Torinsky, Terrence Amoros, and David Drake. Guys who need to be signed this year, um, last summer. And I, when I looked at Torinsky, I really didn't think he was going to stand out and earn an ELC. But then about two weeks after I wrote that article, he had a really strong rookies game and looked good in camp, apparently. And... It seems like he has a role cut out for him to be a, a a useful bottom six guy in the NHL. And when you look at, I mean, you look at his power play totals too. He could possibly be, uh, he could be the net presence guy on the second, the power play possibly, if everything pans out. You know, he's a prospect, and you always have to put that disclaimer on there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy he earned a contract. I, I really thought he was going to be the second guy that. Uh, Ron Hextall just let walk. But going back to Jordan Wheel, Carson Twersky is the pick the Flyers also acquired in the deal that put LeCavier and Shen in L.A. So as of right now, the Flyers have their assets from that trade, and the Kings no longer have Vinny LeCavier or Luke Shen. So be it as it may, it is Jordan Wheel and Carson Twersky. But, you know, I'm going to say they won that trade. I'm just going to oh, say no it. doubt, even for salary dump purposes. 
Yeah, I mean, they've made that trade as soon as Lukavi and Luke Shang got traded. Uh, but, you know, it is kind of nice to see them actually turn into being useful assets, too. So, uh, And then the other guy signed was uh, Maxime Shushko, taking 107th overall in the fourth round in 2017 by the Flyers. He has 30 goals and 25 assists and for 55 points in 57 games this year for the Owen Sound attack. His 51 points at 5 and 5 is 51st among 177. OHL forwards who have played 55 games or more this season. His 20 goals is tied for 27th. All these prospect stats, by the way, are, of course, provided by prospectstats.com. So very, very easy. Very easy thing to remember if you're looking at prospect stats. So, uh, but he... Wow. <laughs> wow. He was a major contributor for Team Belarus at World Juniors this year. He was their captain. Eight points in six games. He's a speedy forward. Pretty nice hands. He 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 has teammates that have a lot more points than him, so he's not really leading the Owen Sound attack. But he, I mean, you would hope that as an overager he would be over a point per game player. But I mean, he's pretty close to being a point per game player as is, and I you can see his upside as as a leader. And you saw him get all the ice time in the world he needed when he was at World Juniors because I think that was. He got so much ice time at World Juniors, even Hextall was like, yeah, we can't really look at these numbers because he goes playing half the game, and he's not going to get those numbers in any other league he plays in. So both both these prospects, uh, they get, they have a little bit of help from teammates. Uh, Shushko has Nick Suzuki on his team, uh, who was drafted 13th overall by the Golden Knights in this recent draft. Kevin Hancock, an overager who somehow went undrafted. I thought he was going to be drafted last year. He had a pretty good season. And then Aiden Dudas, who is projected to go in like the third or fourth round this year. They're all above uh, Shushko in points. And then for Torinsky, um, he has Cole Lind, a Canucks prospect, Dylan Duby, a Flames prospect, and Cal Foote, who was taken 14th overall by the Lightning on his team this year. So they they don't have the, uh, the Isaac Ratcliffe situation where it's just him and a bunch of scrubs, and he's leading the pack in points. But the the point totals can't really be, I guess, you know, not valued at all. So I, I think both of them should be in the AHL next year. Uh, I think Torinsky is going to be a guy that, I mean, would be a better version of a Goldborn call-up, I believe. Uh, he is going to be – he's a bigger guy that plays a – uses his physicality a lot. Uh, and would be energy. Uh, yeah, pretty effective bottom six guy. Like I feel like he'd be a guy that that you would actually like to see in the bottom six. Like he is a, I don't know. It wouldn't be. He probably has a strong possession game. We'll have to see next year in the AHL when we look at the the advanced metrics. But he's putting up a lot of points in WHL, and he seems to be pretty effective on the power play. So Shushko is, has speed, which is an important thing for the league now. So. I like Shushko both is important, and you know when you're talking bottom six guys, having that physicality is nice. But being defensively responsible and being able to move the puck out of your own zone is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like Shushko is a. I like Shushko before last year's draft, and I was pretty happy when the Flyers took him. And uh, I mean, he is he's a guy that could definitely fill a role in the bottom six. He could definitely bring one. I'm not going to say he's going to be the next Jordan Wheel because we dunked on this episode, but I could see him being that type of you player. Where just... <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot you're a uh, 
Jordan Wheels number one fan. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm wearing his jersey right now. Oh man, nice. I, I'm wearing uh, yeah. his his Black Stadium Series jersey right now. Oh my god. <laughs> oh oh, are you really? Because I thought you said those were the worst jerseys that were ever invented. No, the worst jerseys that were ever invented were the orange silver logo. Yeah, yeah. I I but I do have one of those. Speaking of the black jerseys when I was talking about what was the best memory in the black jerseys, what is probably the best memory in those orange ones? I feel like Was that the game were they wearing those in that game where they got into that bench brawl with Ottawa where just Ooh. like every guy Pretty much I think they were. box for a fight. Yeah, Patrick Sharp got dropped. Um sure got into like twelve fights. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there were. Which is I, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, there were. Oh my god. <laughs> easily, easily the best memory in that jersey. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That game was fucking bananas. I feel like every flyer lost their fight in that game, except for, I forget who, there was one guy that won, but I think everybody else pretty much got their lunch served to him. I think Brashear probably won his fight. I'm sure he did. I'm just going to watch it now in the background. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of uh, uh, random old flyer stuff, they just had a thing on uh, after the Rangers-Penguins game where Keith Jones and Anson Carter were talking about their, they had a, there was a game, Flyers-Bruins game back, like, in 2002, I think. And the Bruins were wearing those old yellow jerseys with the bear on the front. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Those are... The, my biggest complaint about NHL is they don't have those jerseys because those are one of my favorite random ugly jerseys. So, <laughs> But there was a play where... Uh, Anthony sure Carter won the first fight. Yeah. He oh, bloodied yeah, up Ray. Oh, my did God. Did I ever tell you the... Wait, did I ever tell you my story about Rob Ray? No. Yeah, so he does stuff for the Sabres now, or he did at least a couple years ago. And I was in the press box for a Flyers-Sabres game. Walk up, I see it's him. Like, I, I don't know, he's kind of recognizable. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's Rob Ray. Go to get some Mountain Dew. Because, I, I don't know, I was trying to get hyped up for this Flyers-Sabres game in 2013. And he he's in front of me, and he grabs some Mountain Dew, too. And then, like, he goes off to the side and he's putting a lid on it. And he sees I'm getting Mountain Dew as well. And he's like, Mountain Dew, right? And I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I look over at him. After I, <laughs> that's, like, the I most, don't know. that's the most Craig reaction that could happen. Mountain yeah, Dew. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. Like, But I look over at him. And he's giving me this look like he's about to punch me in the face. And I just remember standing there. And I was like, nobody is here. Like, Pretty I'm, good. I'm Mountain gonna... Dew's the goddamn best. I'm going to die in this press box because Rob Ray is going to one-punch me over some MD, and I, I got nothing. Like, nobody's going to – this is going to be my last words on Earth is, yeah, Mountain Dew is pretty good. Did you and take the last Mountain Dew or something? Was he just like I, – I don't, I don't know what it was. I, didn't, I don't know what I said. I don't know if he was just fucking with me or, like, I, I have no idea. But that's my that's my Rob Ray story, so <laughs> – it's good. You you have the best uh, player stories between the two of us easily because between that and I know, bro. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of another press box story I just thought of, and we we were talking about Holmgren earlier. Did I ever tell you about I uh, <laughs> I was in the bathroom in like the press box bathroom and Holmgren came in 
and we were at the urinals next to each other, and I think it was after he made, like, the Ken Huskins trade. Back in, like, fucking 2013 or whatever. So, I just remember, like, standing there, and then, like, walking out of the bathroom hearing that news, and I'm like, oh, did I just, like, I should have just, like, started asking questions about Ken Huskins in the bathroom, and he would just been like, that's great. You're going to lose all your past credentials because you're asking me about <laughs> this eighth <laughs> defenseman we have on the shitty team. So, get out of here. My other... That's the only, I think that's the only other good press box story I have. The Rob Ray is going to kill me and taking a piss next to, to Paul Holmgren. So. They're good ones. They're good ones. Uh, quick note, I, while I'm looking at the the orange jerseys, the, the ugly ones in question, the thing is, the base of them, I mean, the Chrome logo is not great, but it's the sleeves that are the problem. It's that, like, white, oh, yeah, yeah. like, bottleneck garbage that's going on like i feel like if you just cut it off and make it a stripe or something like that instead it's way better but they were like no let's like make a really hideous jersey here yeah right 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 yeah and uh robert ash getting into a fight nothing you know that's that's a memory right there that's one for the ages i was thinking about this today too do you remember the penguins islanders brawl from like 2011, I think the Islanders beat the Penguins nine to three. Vaguely, and the Penguins just couldn't handle it. And then I think Brent Johnson got one punched by Rick Pietro. <laughs> it was a whole, it was a whole fucking thing. It was hilarious. I only thought of that because then Lemieux said something about the NHL being a garage league and how that kind of stuff shouldn't be going on. And then I thought of. The 2012 postseason where Craig Adams threw like three punches at the back of Scott Hartnell's uh, head when they weren't fighting. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is your team doing this now. So it's pretty ironic that you were bitching him out about it last year. But Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that smug satisfi- satisfaction. Yeah, but, that, uh, that series was <sighs> series was a good time. Good it, it was the... It's probably the one of the better first round meetings between any teams over the last few years. I mean, it has to be up there, just entertainment-wise, just all the fighting and all the goals. Well, you know, the, the new, but the new playoff format just it just drives competition and drives rivalries. So, okay, so do you think it should be one through eight again? Yes. Or okay, what about one through sixteen? Maybe. I uh, I think it was. I'm, I'm fine with one through eight. One through sixteen's interesting, just because you're making sure that the 16 best are getting in no matter what. And I, I can get behind that in concept. Yeah. My thing, I like one through 16. My thing though, is, you know, knowing the NHL's luck with which teams are good and everything, the penguins are going to end up playing like the ducks, the sharks, and then the Canucks and like the, like the, their first three rounds or something. Like they're always going to be on at ten o'clock at night for the first three rounds, and nobody's right. Or right. like, uh, or like Connor McDavid is still going to stay in the West Coast, and nobody's going to see him still. Yeah, and, like, and I'm frankly fine with the one through eight best from West, best from East meets up. That, that's fine by me be, yeah. because of those scheduling issues and the the beginning of the playoffs are a ton of fun. I don't want to be staying up until two in the morning to watch them. Right. Right. Unless it's a uh, six overtime game. Uh, Sean, Sean McIndoe threw out a pretty good idea too that I liked was the one through 16 and then the top four, when that's the final four teams, you reseed them uh, 
based on where they ranked in the top 16, I guess. Like, you just kind of reseed them with the best play and the worst and then the other two teams, regardless of division or conference. So then you could possibly get divisional rivals in the Stanley Cup final. Well, I think personally, like, I'm fine, again, with one through eight in in Eastern Conference, Western Conference. But I think if you do that, keep it to only two divisions. I think, like, three, four divisions is crazy. You're overcomplicating it. And then there's always going to be that weak division where some shit-ass team ends up getting a really good seeding out of nowhere for ridiculous reasons. Are you talking about one through 16? No, 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 no. I'm so saying one through eight. One through eight, but when you have three plus conferences or yeah, divisions, yeah, yeah. divisions. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, because like you don't want anybody to do what the the Caps and the like Lightning used to always do, which was be like sixth or seventh in points, but they won a division, so they had home ice advantage. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I got exactly, you. and then you get four thousand banners for South champions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Atlantis. Living the dream. All right, Craig. Do you, do you think they're like? Do you think they like the store around uh, the Verizon Center? Is just like the 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 sign store just sees Ted Leontes walking in, and they're like, "Yep, yeah, Cavs won another playoff round. It's time to make that banner again, baby." <laughs> <laughs> they but, made a lot of money off Ted Leontes. <laughs> I uh, two other two other uh, notes about prospects. Uh, Anthony Stolarz was assigned to the Reading Royals. Well, started Mars. tonight did he he did oh uh how did he do I, I did not even know he played tonight i'll have to look it up but i, I was gonna say I, I saw 30 saves four goals allowed oh boy well i mean it's his first game coming back since pretty much his knee evaporated so we gotta give him some kind of benefit of doubt there i i think it's a positive he played this year i did not think he was gonna be coming back this year um like going through that same injury on the same knee twice in a span of five months or so was kind of miraculous. He really came back at all. So it's good to see him playing now. And hopefully next year he's able to regain his footing in a way where at least he's with the Phantoms for a bit and he can kind of serve in the lion role where he can be a call up. I, I mean, I think the idea of him ever being a, a mainstay on the NHL team is kind of shot now. Like this, I think he just had the worst kind of luck this year. And I mean, more help is coming on the way in terms of prospects. And I feel like next year is going to be a year that he had last year. And he's just going to be redoing it a couple of years later. So there's not really going to be progress made. He's just going to be working up. He's just going to be working his way to the point where he was last year. And he's already, he's already getting up there in age. I think he's already um, 25, 24, basically dead. Basically dead, yeah. Uh, yeah 20, you... 30 saves, 5 goals allowed. Yeah, alright. So they win or lose? They lost in overtime. Good boy. Alright. Well, he did play tonight. I think that's a positive. It's a positive, and look, he, he's rusty. He hasn't played in a while, as we mentioned. So, good first step. Uh, let's see where he goes from here. I mean, I'd be perfectly... I'd love to just see the guy bounce back and at least, you know, have a Michael Layton career where... You're the best in the AHL. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to... Yeah, that'd be nice to say. Uh, another goal, news uh, when it comes to goaltending prospects, uh, Matash Tomek commits to the University of Omaha, Nebraska, which is ironically where Anthony Stolarz played for a bit before he transferred to the Golden Knight, or 
went to the London Knights in the uh, OHL. Um, uh, he was originally at the University of North Dakota, and there was a lot of talk about him before the 2015 draft because Haxtell knew about him uh, and apparently was a big fan of him, and it seemed likely that the Flyers were going to take him, and then, of course, they ended up taking him. However, he only played two games because Cam Johnson and Matt Hrinku, I do not know how to say his name, uh, played almost every game in front of him. And they seem to be the two go-to goalies over the last two years. So he transferred out and went to the USHL and played in 25 games for the Waterloo Blackhawks this year. Had a 9-2 save percentage and 2.55 GAA. He's still with them. He's going to join the uh, University of Omaha, Nebraska Mavericks next season. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. H-R-Y-N-K-I-W. No idea how to say that name. Herenkiel? Who knows? Works for me. Yeah. If you guys know anything about fringe NCAA goalies, uh, please email us at uh, flyperbole.gmail.com. Gmail. <laughs> please, hit us up. Craig knows how emails are good. <laughs> I email every day. Yeah. You know, I know how things work. Wow. And All then... Right. Do you, one, is it one, game time or one? You have one more. I, just one thing about Cooper Marody, real quick. Uh, uh, he claimed the Big Ten hockey scoring title with 27 points in 24 games. So that was it. Big Ten hockey, pretty pretty good conference to score a lot in. So Mr. Uh, Cooper, <laughs> hang with Mr. Cooper Marody. So alrighty, I believe it's time, my friend. It's time for the game. Lay it on me. And Steve, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but a couple of weeks back, I think we did this with... God, who did we do this with? Alcohol uh, destroyed my short-term memory. Yeah. Uh, well, we did a team that the last time they won the Stanley Cup, we had to decide if a member was on the team that won the Cup or if they were a member of a band that had a song in the top 100 that year. So this time, since we already had games about the Blue Jackets and nobody cares about the Canadians, I decided to do a game with the Capitals. And you have to tell me if these people were members of the 1997-98 Washington Capitals. Or a capital critter. Or they were part of a band that had a top 100 hit in the year 1998. Okay. So... Uh, I think I actually this is this might be right in my wheelhouse. So I was gonna say I, I I'm think... hoping I crush this. And for the record, the Patrick Sharp fight just happened, and he beat the hell out of his opponent. He I was did. right. I'm oh. still watching this video. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a Mark long, it's Recchi a got into a fight. The good doctor Mark Recchi, and he was even balding <laughs> back then. Good doctor. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um. All right. So you ready, Stephen? Yeah. Number one, Joe Ricci. Oh, that's a that's a capital. That it is. Start 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 you off with a uh, easier one. So that's a uh, ten points in sixty eight games. That's just defenseman. That's right. The easier one is a guy who had ten points in nineteen ninety seven ninety eight. Is he related time. related to Mike Ricci? Oh no no uh, Ricci R E E K I E. Ew. So I remember I I vaguely remember that name. So, but don't get too excited. There's no Ken Cleaser or Brendan Woods on this this game either. So no Peter Bondros. So, no Peter Bonders. Yeah, it's all an uphill battle from no, here. Uh, no Jim Carrey. No, no pet detectives on this one. So it's kind of amazing that the. Who's the Capitals goalie on that team, right? 
No, he was. Yeah, I thought I thought the Pence Detective was his nickname. Like they actually like went with the. Uh, uh, they probably did. Yeah. Um, it's kind of amazing they have three Vesna winners and they can't ever go anywhere in the postseason. Like they had Jim Carrey, Olaf Kolzig, and Brain Holpe, and they just can't do anything. And then they've also had like we talked about last week. They have Mike Gardner, and that, Mike Gardner, and now they have Alex Ovechkin, and they just can't. They just can't do anything in the postseason. But neither here nor there. Uh, number two, so one for one. Uh, number two, Darren Hayes. Darren Hayes. Darren Hayes. Uh, this name sounds really familiar to me, and whatever the answer is, I'll probably be kicking myself for it. Darren Hayes. Darren, don't call me Vaughn Hayes. <laughs> Five for one? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm going to make a, a decision. I'm the decider. I'm the decider. Uh, let's I'm go. Cider. <laughs> I'm a decider. Uh, Darren Hayes. That's I'm gonna go with uh, Capital. Stephen Darren Hayes was the lead singer of one Savage Garden, who had their oh god, pretty manly yes. deeply reached number four on the top what 100. A terrible of band, or finished number four on the top 100. This actually uh, came up at, at karaoke a few weeks ago, or a couple months ago at this point. Did you guys immediately jump that person that made you listen to Truly Madly Deeply? At a oh, bar? yeah. No, it, he's, he's dead now. Okay, good. 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 Justice was served. Any judge in the USA will see it the same way. So, one for two. <laughs> one for two. Uh, number three, Stefan Jenkins. An actual Stefan. Steven, <laughs> Steven Jenkins? I think so. Yeah, that motherfucker's from Third Eye Blind. Boom! All right, never mind. <laughs> doot, doot, doot. Okay, do you know what song? Wait. Oh, yeah, it was probably that one I was just... Doot, 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 It is not Semi-Charm Life. It's not Semi-Charm Life? Uh, was it Jumper? Was it... Uh, it is not Jumper? Which is, you know... Kill yourself, or I hope you don't no. kill yourself. <laughs> I don't think that's it. It's don't kill yourself. Yeah. Wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. Yeah. You could cut ties with all the lives that you've been living in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't, what was the, how's it going to be? How's it going to be? Do you it was know? that okay. one. Final part of the question. You already got it right, but I'm just, one through a hundred, do you know where it sat at the end of 1998? How's it going to be at the end of 1998? Ugh. No, no clue at all. I'm going to say number 20. 11. So that was, you nailed the shit out of that question, by the way. So I, I guess Stephen Jenkins is more popular known lead singer than I thought. I, I don't know why I know that one. I think he's kind of a dick. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Isn't semi-charm life about uh, meth? I'm pretty sure it is, yes. Yeah, okay. I was making sure. Like all the best things in life. He got a song about meth and suicide. So, I mean, he maybe he's hitting all some hard times back in the 90s. And, it's hitting know. all the right notes for me. Yeah. Anyway, on the brighter things, uh, you're going to tell me whether or not Mike Eagles was on the 1997-98 Capitals or had, was in a band. In Mike, Mike Eagles? Eagles, yep. Like E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles? 
Like the team that recently won the Super Bowl, yes. Yeah, the, the Eagles did win the Super Bowl. A lot of people don't know that. People do forget that. People we need forget that. If we do, we do. Uh, Mike Eagles, I'm going to go with uh, ironically named member of the Capitals. Ironically, part of the Capitals. He had four points in 36 games as a left winger for the 1997-98 Capitals. So, all right, Steve, you're doing pretty goddamn good. Three out of four. Three out of four. This one, I think, might get you here. Uh, Brad Whitford. Not the actor, correct? Not the actor. Not the actor. Um, we're going to go with band. Correct. Name that band. I think I, I can't name that band, but I'm just going to throw out... I'm just going to throw out some of the more... One of the more popular bands from 1998 and see if I am correct. The New Radicals. Not the New Radicals, but Sweet Jesus, I forgot about that song. No, it's actually not even a song that... It's a song that when you hear it, you think of 1998, but not the band, I guess, because it's from a very 1998 movie. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it Aerosmith? Aerosmith. Is it I Don't Want to Miss a Thing? Yep, yeah. Ah, he, yeah. He is evidently... Bradley I have, like, a, according... a live Aerosmith album from... Because that was, um, believe it or not, <laughs> Craig, that was the year of my first concert, I'm pretty sure. It was, like, 97, 98, that era. And it was Aerosmith. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you missed it. Oh, man. Brad Whitford is turning over in his grave if he's dead. I don't know if he's dead or alive. But if he's, <laughs> if he's still alive, he's probably also upset you don't know who he is. He is, of course, as we all know, now, now the, rhythm guitarist, the rhythm guitarist for Aerosmith. And, yes, it was I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. At number what, Steve? Don't want to close my eyes. It'll be a total. Uh, if you miss this one, I'm gonna cause Armageddon. I, I, the jokes about Armageddon, guys. Oh you fill in the blanks here. So, oh my God. yeah. What? What? Where do you think it finished on the top 100? Oh, I, that that had to be a top five song, right? Incorrect. A huge song. According to Wikipedia's top 100, it was number 23. Really. Look, I, I'm telling you, as I always say, I'm not putting too much research in these games. So if Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia also said uh, Chumbawamba, by the way, Chumbawamba is not going to be one of these answers here. Ah, so, uh, no tub know, thumping? Put that in your notes. Apparently tub thumping finished 38th. So I don't well, know. I guess, I, I guess we're just pissing the night away. Yeah, I guess. Well, but, look, you know, Craig, hey, I, just know that we got to get on with this because I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep. <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing. I can't, I wonder if we're going to visibly, I mean, not visibly, I wonder if we're going to audibly be able to, like, hear people unsubscribing from this podcast tomorrow. Like, I wonder I if we're the, just, like, <laughs> I like, can feel our, the clicks in my bones. Yeah, like, we're just at our desk and we just hear, like, just fingers across Pennsylvania just pounding the unsubscribe button, but we'll find out. Um, <laughs> number... Sorry to the BSH radio crew who <laughs> do such fine work and now have to put up with our nonsense ruining their good time. <laughs> uh, Steven, you are three for five. There are two more coming at you here. Um, five. What did I get? What else did I get wrong? I didn't get Bradley Whitford wrong. I thought you said. Uh, oh no, you did. Okay, four for five. Sorry, incorrect. Yeah, so I was wrong. Four. I for just five. got the band wrong. Yeah. Um. Four for five. Number six, Kelly Miller. I didn't miss a thing. Uh, Kelly you missed Miller. one thing. 
One thing. Kelly one Miller. Let's not talk about Savage Garden because they were terrible. They were. I was going to say this one, and uh, Darren Hayes is truly madly, deeply upset about it. So. Oh God, that's another. That's another hundred unsubscribes <laughs> right there. <laughs> Just. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, it's tough. All right, uh, Kelly. What was the last name? Miller. Uh, no idea. I'm gonna go with capital against my better instincts. Correct. What position? Defense. Wrong. You're so wrong. God damn it, Steve. Right winger. He had 14 points in 76 games. So five for six in a game where apparently you just you you lived in the year 1998 and remember it very vividly. So uh, I was a teenager, pal. So oh man, the best years of anybody's lives. 14 um, years old. Oh man! Oh fuck! I should have. Yeah, I should have factor that in and oh by the way speaking of speaking of your age uh steven i believe it is technically your birthday right now so it is it is yeah so, so everybody make sure to tweet um gifts of owen wilson at steve today <laughs> saying wow and that will be yeah that will i be can't a, think of a better gift than that so thank you <laughs> that's a, that, thanks pal thanks pal i don't know how many i don't know how many twitter has but we'll, we'll see how many people tweet that at you so oh, i'm gonna do it as soon as we're done here so <laughs> Uh, last one to go six for seven, which I'm almost positive would be a career high for you because you're usually, uh, for lack of better terms, suck ass at these games. Oh, oh, get over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Usually, you know, to the cleaner, but I mean, today. Last one, Steve. John Wozniak. Deafening silence. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to see if I can picture that on the back of a teal Capitals jersey. Oh, God. Yeah. That's what they wore with the, the Capitol. Oh, like yeah. The actual the, Capitol yeah, the, building. The, uh, I think the teal ones were just the eagle. I think the black yeah. ones with the actual Capitol built. Like the, the ones with the actual Capitol building. Good God. What a, what a great era. Let me tell you. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with capital. And I'm going to go with the fact that you are incorrect. Ah! A lead singer and guitarist for Marcy Playground. Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy. Yeah, so what number do you think Sex and Candy finished in the top 100? Too high. Uh, I need Uh, to guess here. Top 100, uh, 50, 50. I was going to say, actually, it's a fitting number for how who we mentioned in this podcast. Who is, because this song has been pretty popular for a long tenure time now. Oh, that might be giving away too much. <laughs> Six, 69th. It, uh, 28. 28. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, it was a horrible, yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't about yeah. Also, for the record, okay. by now the way, uh, on a quick side note, uh, I have kept... My YouTube auto played to uh, from the the Senators Flyers brawl to the Penguins Flyers game playoff game where there were a bunch of fights and Hartnell like went woo like up at the crowd in the West oh, yeah, Fargo yeah, Center yeah. and there's a baby face Jake Voracek and uh, better times. <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, that was the the Craig Adams game. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was a, that was a fun time. That was game three. That was nuts. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, okay. So on the, on the game sheet that I made, also I put two draft prospects with hilarious names because I did not want to see, want you to see them until now. So I will, I'm going to throw these two at you. All right, Steve. Okay. Five foot nine forward who has 48 points in 25 games for Adina high in Minnesota and is committed to Northern Michigan University in 2019-20. Jet Jungles. <laughs> J-U-N-G-E-L-S. So, a Jet J- Jungles. Jungles juice. Yeah, Jet Jungle. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, it's like... Jungles, not Jungles? J- J-U-N-G-E-L-S. I don't know. J- jungles or Jungels, either way. I- I'm it's... going with Jungles juice. Yeah. I have stories about Jungle juice, too, but they're not. we're not going to share them on the podcast because they are. Not a good time. That was. <laughs> I, I don't know how people. I don't know how more people did not die drinking jungle juice in high school. So, or I assume just in high school because if you I feel like it's a very high school thing. Yes, jungle juice. Uh, high school, college, but you know, pretty uh, immature. Actually, yeah. Never mind. I can see college too. I, I guess I just never went to it after high school. But yeah. well, let's be honest. In college, you'll drink literally anything. Very true. I feel like I also have more access to beer in college. Like, I just, I don't know. Felt like it was a lot easier to get than when you're in, in your hometown. Right, but back. when you have a party, you're just like, yeah, Anything. let's just throw everything in the trash can. Just... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Never mind. That is true. Yeah, good point. Uh, and then the other one, uh, Steve, because a former Flyers prospect that we hold very close to our heart only because of his name and not because of his own ice value, was on Samuel Dove McFalls. Ah, the best. And Steven, there's a six foot two left-handed defenseman with the Pickering Panthers in the OJHL that is averaging half a point per game in 38 games and is also committed to Clarkson University in 2019-2020. Shout out to Terrence Amorosa. Uh, by the name of Dustin McFall, M-C, capital F, A-U-L. So hmm. I'm just saying Hexel's got 10 picks and at the time it gets really funny with one of them. So he's got a, I just want like one guy that has three points in 40 games as a forward that just has the goofiest name this year. Just and one. If, it's, if it's in the, yeah, if it's like 205th overall, that's fine. We got plenty of kids in the pipeline. Just one joke. That's all I want. So just, that's, I, I thought you'd enjoy that. I really enjoyed the dead jungles one. And I thought, McFall could be our next hope for uh, hilarious names. So, good game tonight, Craig. Good game, very enjoyable. Yeah, I, I try not to use that one too much because it is a, one of the better games that I put together. But yeah, I thought 1998 would be a good year for that too because uh, not a lot of great music coming out in 1998, evidently. No, so, no, but yeah, so. for some reason, it's all stuck with me. Yeah, well, I mean, that was, I mean, that was like second grade for me. Not the brag, um, but Ugh. yeah, not to rub it in that I'm very young. You know, I'm but, old. Uh, but I, <laughs> yeah, that was a. I I remember Savage Garden, and I did not know it was that big of a song, which is, I mean, that kind of sums up how bad music was that year, I guess. So. You weren't trying to get laid that year. <laughs> uh, as an eight-year-old, no, I don't think I was trying to get laid yet. So, but you know. 
Maybe, maybe uh, no, I wasn't. I was in second grade. So I was, I, <laughs> I'm glad you had I to was, think about that one. Yeah, I was probably thinking about like kickball or something. Dumb, so, all right, Steve, I have like two things here for around the league. I'm gonna write them off real quick. All right, you ready? Ron Francis out as GM of the Carolina Hurricanes. Got the yep. Paul Holmgren. He got promoted to. I believe he actually got promoted to the president of hockey operations or something. You know, Craig, I've heard an interesting thing about the new ownership in Carolina is they actually want to win. Unlike other owners. Yeah. He, uh, he was talking to Ron Francis and Ron Francis said, no, I don't really care that much of a win. He was like, I look, I'm just here. I got CW on in the background. I was going to watch that all day. I don't really care what happens with this team. And they're like, well, what are you going to do about Justin Falk? And he's like, I don't even know who that is. I don't care if we win. And Thomas Dunn, who, unlike any other um, you know, owner before, was like, well, I want to win these games. So we're going to make you president now. I just enjoy that uh, they I, – I wonder how much pressure is on Bill Peters now because I, they have a good possession team, but at the same time, I feel like they give up a ton of chances. And I feel like any goalie that goes there just doesn't stand a chance, apparently. So, anywho, uh, Nick Cousins and Brad Marchand, fine for embellishment this week. Damn, crying shame all around. Yeah. Um, And then also there was this story on Dan McGillis and 31 Thoughts podcast this week that uh, Jeff Merrick was talking about how in Edmonton they – boosted Dan McGill's hit numbers to try and trade him, and then the Flyers bid on it and traded him because he was supposed to be a great defenseman. So, that's... These are <laughs> these are, these are are the things I have for around the league, so... Fan favorite, Dan McGillis. Actually, you know what? Yeah. He, he kind of was. People really like Dan McGillis and his, his hits. Yeah. Yeah, hitting... Uh, back then when hitting and there was no advanced numbers I, I guess, or advanced metrics, I've had, I guess uh, McGillis and like Terry probably would have been more like defense. I don't remember how Terry was perceived, honestly. Not well like, from right? my perception. My dad used to call him Terrier because he didn't hit anyone. <laughs> I've heard people refer to him as Terrible Terry. So you know, terrible Terry and Terrier. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was generally regarded as Eric Desjardins was really carrying that defensive pairing. Which is, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Really Sanheim and that McDonald back then? Yeah, yeah, more or less. But, okay. Uh, yeah, not, not well regarded. People really respected Eric Desjardins and uh, Chris Terry and I, I, look, he might have been doing fine work for all I know, but I know the fan perception wasn't good. I think the thing was, Tarion was huge, huge guy, yeah. and yeah. he wasn't clobbering people left and right like Chris Pronger, so people thought, well, if you're not clobbering people, what are you doing? Yeah. He did always show up against Yarmar Yager, though. Was right. The- that, just Yager. He was a yeah. complete... He was like Yuri Letera on the boards against Yarmir Yager. <laughs> that is... Holy balls, that is an analogy. <laughs> uh, all right, Steve, how do you think they do this week? They play. They will play four games before we do. Canadians, Caps, and Bruins. All right, you, you broke up a little bit there, but that was the Blue Jackets, Canadians, Caps, Bruins, correct? Yes. Okay, so, look, Blue Jackets is a must-win 
I, I want to say they're going to go out and win that. I don't know if they will, but I want to say they're going to do it. It's a good shot. The Blue Jackets are okay. They've been, I think, streaking as of late, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Overall, they're they're pretty middle of the road, as their the record indicates. So yeah. I, I think that's a fifty fifty shot. Got to get to Bobrovsky early. That's pretty much my comment on that one. What was yeah. next? The Rangers after that, or the Capitals? Uh, Capitals. Yeah, Capitals after the Canadians. Don't love that matchup. Probably not gonna win. <laughs> Don't love that one. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, they've got the the Hurricanes thrown in. Hurricanes. Not Hurricanes. Hurricanes on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 oof, that last Hurricanes game was horrible. I don't know why I kept thinking it was lessons. the Canadians, but. It's the C. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, last Canadian, or last, yeah, you got me doing it. The last Hurricanes game what? was horrible. One of the worst games I've been to all year. Eh. Not looking forward to it, but certainly got a good shot. And frankly, considering they have to play Washington the next day, they got to win that one. They got to win these next two. Like Washington, look, totally understand if that's a loss, but you got to beat Columbus and Carolina. Uh, you got to beat Detroit. You got to beat the Rangers. You, you got to beat the easy ones. Like, yeah. Washington and Pittsburgh, they're going to be hard games for sure. But you got to get points where you can against the other teams. No, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think they lose an overtime to the Blue Jackets. I think they beat both the Hurricanes and the Caps. And I think they beat the Red Wings. I think they got a little bit of a, a hot streak here now. Yeah, I, I it, it was a brutal stretch they just hit and It is. And they didn't they didn't play terrible against the Golden Knights, and the Golden Knights are a good team. They just uh they just kind of finished late. Uh the and I, the power play scored. I think the power play is starting to get out of the little funk that they were in. Uh, the PK has shown life a little bit. I don't think the numbers are there to back it up, but I think eventually if you keep Matt Reed on the penalty kill long enough, uh, good things will happen. And I think they'll start swinging around the other way here. Because, I mean, they will play the Penguins again in the next week or so, and that's that you got to mark that up as a loss. Uh, I think they they played, they played pretty well against the Caps this year. I think that could be a win. And the Hurricanes, I don't think they're going to have that type of game against the Hurricanes again. So, well, hopefully they can get their asses in gear because things are getting tighter than they should be right now. And yeah. if they fall out of playoff contention at this point after having a ninety plus percent chance at making it, that's pathetic, man. That is just oh, yeah. brutal. And that makes me want to curl up into a ball and cry. Yeah, it'll be really, really painful. So, yeah. Hey, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully it does. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah. Well, we'll catch you after all those games next week. If you have any feedback, the best place to provide feedback is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum. Be sure to follow the Broad Street hockey radio account bsh radio uh be sure to follow steph kelly charlie bill all those great people that put together that awesome podcast and broad street hockey account all great follows guys hop on twitter and do it to it if you haven't already craig you working on any uh posts this week uh no not nothing big i, I 
I no, I got nothing. I Good. mean, I might I might throw together like a uh, two o'clock number one of these days, but uh, nothing this week. I was going to talk about the uh, CHL postseason next week. Maybe write something about the NCAA prospects as well. And then uh, as we get closer to the playoffs, I was going to probably piece together like some kind of preview thing in terms of like matchups going into the postseason. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Twitter, best place for feedback. Uh, Facebook, you can bother Craig on there. Apparently he's got the <laughs> displeasure, the misfortune of monitoring the Facebook. Yeah. So. If you if you somehow manage to get one of the top comments on a Facebook article, I'll probably see it. So make sure to make it extremely heinous and offensive and i will absolutely mention it on this podcast so remember though <laughs> we're talking about offensive on facebook so you really got to up your gear you gotta go next level when you're talking about dumb on facebook because you got to be prepared to be banned yeah so yeah step, step up again there's also flyperbole at gmail.com if you have any longer form stuff and hello to brian prop who clearly listens to the show since he followed both of us I hi brian get- Please yeah. come on to the next episode. Oh, yeah, please. Brian Prop, please be the third uh, podcast host on here. We will gladly have you on any time. So. <laughs> third host. Like, he just comes on every week now. <laughs> doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> the the Propcast is what we're going to call it. The Propcast. Propcast. Nice guy. I uh, spoke to him on the previous version of this podcast. I forget offhand if it was Flyers Faithful or unnamed site but great guy it was a pleasure talking to him before and uh i i have no idea if he's actually listening but he followed us on twitter so that was nice but uh gang we do thank you for listening and until next time as always in the words of the great gene hart good night and good hockey hello everybody is fly verbally it is a podcast about hockey mostly the flyers but also other hockey things like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey steve but not steve hartnell and craig but not craig ruby no this isn't all those hockey guys these are the guys who watch the hockey sport yeah Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>